Welcome everyone to today's episode of Forward Thinking. We have a guest on today, actually one of our newest members of CS2, Allison Rouse. Um, Allison's one of our senior consultants, and we thought it'd be great to have her on to talk about a conversation that we've alluded to on some of our last episodes of saying we want to dedicate an episode to this, <laughs> and that's revenue operations. Um, it's a interesting topic because everyone has their different definitions or some people are thinking about moving to creating a revenue operations team. And Allison actually uh, was part of an organization before CS2 who moved to uh, um, creating a revenue operations function. So welcome, Allison. Hi. Yeah, glad to be on the podcast. Great. Yeah, we're excited. So we're going to keep this pretty loose for you guys, but we wanted to um, kind of talk through some of the top questions on your mind. Some came through from LinkedIn um, um, all about revenue operations, because I think a lot of people are still scratching their heads on um, a few different things. So yeah, did you want to kick it off, Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be asking the questions of, of Christy and Allison. And um, the first one, really is just how do you define it? I mean, lots of people have lots of thoughts and I think this is a great place to start. So Alison, why don't you take it away? How do you find define revenue ops? Sure, yeah. Um, in my mind, revenue ops is where, you know, marketing ops, sales ops, customer success ops all sit. Basically any of the operations functions that are responsible for customer acquisition, growth, and retention, um, all part of the same group so that they can align on the process, the technology, the data, um, all in one group. So one process, one, one tech stack, um, yeah. all that good stuff. Yeah, I think I agree with, with Allison. And I think we'll talk about in a bit about who are all the functions that make that up. And I think, that's where, because that definition is so broad of sales and marketing and customer success, a lot of things come kind of like, you know, does that include sales enablement? And, um, you know, how, how does that whole um, kind of reporting structure work? So, yeah. Yeah. So how broad or how narrow can it be and then still be called RevOps? Can you have a RevOps team that's primarily just sales ops people but still be called rev ops or if they exclude marketing or they exclude customer success and then what are additional teams outside of those three that could still be wrapped up into it when we were implementing rev ops at my last company before we implemented i was in marketing and marketing ops and we had talked about um having a rev ops function but having it be less formal or having it be less of a department in and of itself and more of a coalition of the willing. Um, and so we kind of met more informally um, between marketing ops and sales ops, but luckily our CEO came from a prior company where she had implemented RevOps and um, eventually it became more formal um, and other groups started to join like customer success. Um, so, I mean, I think it can be, and that's kind of why it's kind of vague right now, where it can be an official department, it can be that coalition of the willing, um, 
I do think, and I'm just personally biased, maybe being in marketing ops, that um, marketing ops should still be part of the puzzle um, if you are going to do it rather than it just be being sales ops. Because the whole point of RevOps is alignment across the entire revenue engine, which includes marketing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I agree with that because I have seen it like maybe someone who in my definition for my definition is a sales ops person be called like a revenue ops manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might just be because they're a small company that they want to then maybe somehow like plug in some of those other like duties or other parts of what isn't considered sales ops onto that person. But I do think that at a minimum, like sales and marketing, having that alignment, being part of that team is um, kind of the first minimum place to start. So there's that alignment, like Allison said. Yeah, so so what we're saying here is it doesn't have to be, you know, a hierarchical structure of where everyone reports into the same team, you can, have a RevOps team that is more dotted lines between the teams and and have and where you have that alignment. But is there a benefit to having everyone reporting into the same structure, do you think? I I definitely think so because having an operations leader that can provide that visibility to the rest of the executive team is really important. One thing I think I quickly realized when we started to gain momentum in RevOps at my last company was that um, it really gave leadership visibility into a lot of the key business metrics that felt pretty elusive to them um, prior to us being one team because they had to go and grab it from different departments. Maybe they had different definitions for like even something as simple as What's a land deal? What's an expand deal? Um, each department might have varying definitions of how we how we've defined land and expand, and just simple simplifying it and having those same definitions across the board, having one dashboard or set of dashboards to go to, was just yeah very enlightening to the the leadership team. Um, so I think it's important to to at least have some somebody in charge, whether it's formal or informal, um, that has that visibility into, into leadership. And who should that person be? One thing I've done a bit of thinking about is who should the leader of RevOps be? Because I think my point of view coming from marketing operations, and maybe I'm massively biased, so tell me if you think I'm being biased here, but I feel like a good, a really great marketing ops person that is done their job to work cross-functionally, get into tools like Salesforce and other, you know, typically, you know, sales ops owned platforms and to really build the bigger picture in their mind. I feel like marketing ops gets more of that. They get more exposure to the sales ops side. Whereas sales ops, you know, it's very rare that you see a salesperson, the sales ops person go into a marketing automation platform. But every marketing ops person should be, in my opinion, working towards being an admin in Salesforce. So do you, I kind of lean towards the best person to lead the team who's going to understand the priorities across everything and have the breadth of knowledge across as much of it as possible would be um, someone who's traditionally come through marketing ops, um, especially now where revenue ops is a relatively new concept and 
it's not like everyone starts off in revenue ops and then can raise up rise up the ranks it's kind of it's kind of everything's combining now so you're going to have to choose someone from like a sales ops background or a marketing ops background for the time being but what do you think do you think i'm right or biased or do you think there's any anything to that what i'm saying i i mean i'll answer first i <laughs> we're probably maybe- all biased on this call though, aren't we we're all just, we should have brought a sales off. Uh, yeah, I think we're both both a bit biased. I think that I know my opinion is who I think it shouldn't roll into, and that's someone who doesn't have an operations background at all. And I think sometimes you um, will see this happen with like uh, it rolls into a CRO, but a lot of the time a CRO is kind of more focused on sales. And that sales enablement or just the whole selling process. And that's only a very small um, piece of revenue ops it, it, as far as their world. But also that person has a lot of control on um, where the priorities live. So when you see that, you sometimes see that a big chunk of the roadmap is um you know, focused on what's going to benefit sales or deal desk or opportunities and stuff like that. And less on maybe some of the other areas like the marketing ops. Um, and so that person in marketing ops or that supporting that function feels a bit like lost or, or are pushing back against marketing when maybe they shouldn't be. So there's not that mm-hmm. like alignment. And then the operational aspect is like, this is operations team. You need someone who kind of knows how to develop a roadmap, knows how to set priorities, understands data, like what Allison was talking about and setting that, um, you know, standard set of best practices for data and how it's going to be used across that whole revenue function. So I do think it could be someone from the sales ops side, especially if they're, um, you know, their strong suit is just that operational aspect of the high level of like being able to be strategic. So marketing ops, sales ops person, whoever may be like both, I think are positioned as long as they kind of have some of those leadership prioritization and like strategic Mm -hmm. skills and understand that big picture. I don't know what you think, Allison, but. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Definitely needs to be someone that has an operations background um, a couple of things. One is that I do think that folks in marketing ops have a good headway on leading revenue ops initiatives only because, and again, I'm biased, but um, I think because marketing sometimes is very much not a hard science and there's a lot of ambiguity to it. And especially in marketing ops, you have to bring clarity to that ambiguity. Um, And because RevOps is so new and there's a lot to navigate, someone who's able to bring clarity to ambiguity is is really important in a leader. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's why I think marketing ops is positioned well to to lead that. Um, That's a great answer. I like that. My prior company... Yeah, at my prior company, um, we had a VP of RevOps, and um, she had run a RevOps org at her prior company um, and came with a lot of experience. And I I think she did come from mostly a sales ops background, but she did know a lot of the other functions really well. And then she ultimately rolled up to our CFO. Um, We did also have a CRO, but he was... Head all headed up all of sales, like you said, 
And I know initially when he took on that role, there were a lot of questions of like, is the CRO now going to be the head of RevOps? But mm-hmm. I think having it under finance kept it really close to the numbers, kept it really close to you know the ultimate goal of you know revenue, growth, retention, all of that stuff. So yeah, yeah, and I think one one really important thing I I heard around the the structuring here is because if you if you have it sounds like you need that intermediary layer between. Maybe if you have a marketing ops person, a sales ops person, and a customer or a customer success ops, they all can't just report into your CFO or your CRO because it's still you'll still just have three different teams then because the CRO or CFO probably doesn't understand enough about the intricacies of all of those teams to be able to direct them as one team. Mm-hmm. So you need someone between them to be able to be the head of revenue ops to be able to assign the priorities and make sure that the team is working as one team. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you you could probably still going to have the same issues as you had before when you have three separate teams. But even if they do, you call them all revenue roles, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that what you'll just see is that they'll be managed by someone that isn't their manager, really. Um, and that's part of also, I think, based on the size of the company, where I think it probably makes sense to make the right decision on if it's re- if they're ready to go to a revenue ops team and. That's where I think like when you said like the dotted line structure versus an actual Mm -hmm. reporting structure makes sense for um, if you're a small company, a dotted line, I think is easier because of whoever that person's going to report into. And also just for how those companies work. I think once you hit a certain size, though, where you have enough people that fall under those functions and you have enough like headcount to really have those layers, then it makes sense to maybe drive toward having an actual reporting structure with a department that's official. Yeah. They kind of have have the revenue ops mindset and kind of practice, even if you don't have the the team structure yet, because you the company may have to reach a certain level of maturity and size to have the proper team structure there. Yeah. Um one thing I'd like to dig into is priorities because my big concern with revenue operations, for me personally, coming from a marketing operations background, um, is that the priorities will shift away from what marketing needs and more towards what sales needs. Um, and obviously, the ultimate goal is revenue. So that might be the right thing to do, right? Maybe that is the right thing. But that I, I, I wouldn't want that decision just to be made because of kind of who the team rolls up into or who you know, the person's background, if they come from sales ops and marketing ops really, the sales ops generally will, you know, they, they help with a lot of execution, but they're, they're dealing with big projects for the sales team. With marketing ops, there is that ongoing campaign execution that needs to happen. So if all of this time is being sucked away from helping the marketing team to helping the sales team, then you could leave the marketing team without their, execution partner so uh, so I'd love to know what you both think around how 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 should you structure priorities and have you had any experience where priorities or have you have you seen any clients or Alison you in a past life where priorities really were a difficult part of bringing all of these teams together or if, if it wasn't difficult how did you make it not difficult yeah I definitely think it was difficult in part and, um, you know, definitely it's where the loudest voice in the room can kind of 
dictate the priorities. Um, at my last company, we would meet, you know, quarterly in RevOps and discuss kind of what are all the things that are related kind of client departments, you know, marketing, sales, customer success, that they need us to achieve this quarter and we get it all down on paper and we, you know, do kind of like what we, we recommend here at CS2, a prioritization matrix on, you know, level of effort and the you know business impact. And, you know, we'd categorize things as a P1, a P2, a P3, and P1s were things that we would work on every day. P2s were things we'd work on every week. And then P3s were like, once a month. And then if you don't have any P1, P2, but um, in terms of the relative departments, um, yeah, I, I think that that is really challenging, especially in marketing ops, because marketing, as much as, as cliche as it is, still is, has a hard time not being a hard science, being at the revenue table and showing a direct like line of impact to mm -hmm. revenue. Um, so I think it's just important to have, you know, a voice for each of those departments in that prioritization meeting. And you're really talking about trade-offs because there's only so much time in the team's day and what can realistically get done. Um, I think one of the downsides of RevOps sometimes is that, you know, the company may think you can do more work with less people if they're all in the same department, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is not true. Um, I do think that, you know, putting everyone in one department doesn't in itself solve the like disconnects. Um, but I think it allows those decisions to be made more quickly um, and with less friction um, now that you're all part of the same team. So, um, which can make prioritization easier. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know that's a lot. <laughs> no, I, I have to uh, say I agree with Allison. And I, I, you know, you said something about like, well, sales is like closer to revenue, but I feel like you can't close revenue unless you have pipeline and marketing has like a lot more control on creating pipeline um, and finding that for the sales team. Of course, there's like outbound prospecting and everything, but I, so I, I think that, and now a big part of marketing's like whole thing is like all focused on the customer journey, which goes all the way through to when they're talking to sales to, you know, when they're even a customer. And so marketing is touching everything that even those, you know, the same people that those other departments are touching. So that further proves that there needs to be alignment and marketing needs to be part of that. But also if the customer journey and making that effective and easy and seamless and is going to make selling easier, make that customer happiness better, that's all things that those other departments should really be interested in. And like, what's the roadmap for that? How is that going? And how can we be a part of that? So that's why I think RevOps has gained steam, not because it's like, makes operations easier or makes it easy, you know, easier to drive some of these projects. It does. But I think because we're realizing that we're all kind of one team here with the common goal and so much of what we do touches each other. So when there's that just, you know, disparate 
set of systems, data, how we're looking at what that journey looks like. That's when we're seeing disconnect. And when companies are doing it together, they see better returns, um, better customer happiness. And so um, just having that alignment, I think you hear that clearly here, where it's not even just saying, they don't need to be on the team, but having that alignment with each other is key. Yeah, I still I still feel though I have that a concern with with marketing's priorities getting deprioritized. Partly what Alison mentioned, the loudest voice in the room. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, be overly kind of broad with this statement, but generally sales is louder than marketing. <laughs> um, and then and that and by by then default, sales ops can probably be a little bit louder than marketing ops sometimes. It depends on the personalities, of course. But if you don't have um, a, a strong leader in marketing ops that has that strong voice, is able to tie what they're doing to revenue really well, I could totally see how it's, the sales priorities would be pushed forward more. Maybe more budget would go into sales tech, the marketing tech that's needed, and the, the priorities will shift where uh, when they're in the same team because they're having to make the trade-offs and they're looking at everything with one team and, and then you have to decide on what the priorities are that's just but I, but I think if, no I think if that you might be right is, I think that you might be right because I think I'm thinking I maybe I'm too forward thinking and mm-hmm. what I was saying and I think that's where people are moving toward but you're right still now and honestly I think a big part of that is like the all of the companies also that are think of Salesforce as their like system of truth of like, this is where everything needs to live. This is where everything is going. Like, and so everyone instantly thinks sales, sales ops. And then, so they'll like staff that team really well. Um, but also give like, there's so much more like there, but then we're seeing tools from that then to get sent over to marketing ops, but they're not getting any more bodies to support all of that. So mm-hmm. they're drowning where sales ops has maybe a bit more flexibility time, um, well, you look at a lot of a lot of the companies, a lot of companies out there, right? They'll have a few sales ops people. They might have more senior people in sales ops, but they'll have like one marketing ops manager. Mm-hmm. And then, so if you bring all of them, and obviously it always depends, right? It depends on who the leader is, and it depends on how they build the structure. But I could probably guess that in in many cases if once those teams get brought together that marketing ops manager voice is going to be drowned out of it when they're trying to get what they need uh, because what they're trying to get what they need out of that reporting structure which is very focused on sales and sales it's, it's so easy for sales people to or the sales team or anything related to sales to prove that that's going to impact revenue right because that's all they do they, they close deals <laughs> so and i think the for marketing it's, it is harder, but you have to get good at it. And it is and it is something that marketing people need to work at and they're developing and it's gaining a lot of traction, a lot of steam recently, but it's still something I think that people need to learn a bit better. And I'm not saying I'm against RevOps or anything like that. I still think it's the right direction to go in, but that's just, that's always been my biggest concern. It's just, are the priorities going to shift? Yeah. What do you think, Alison? Or, or actually, because I have an opinion too, but I, would, I want to hear yours first, but what do you think is something that you could put in place to ensure that marketing ops doesn't get deprioritized? Um, I think, well, one of the things that actually helped us 
as we were implementing RevOps, at the same time, we were also implementing an ABM strategy. Mm. And because ABM really requires alignment, and obviously so does RevOps, um, and, and in a lot of ways, ABM is easier to grasp um, mm-hmm. than RevOps. Um, aligning all the go-to-market functions around ABM allowed them to see kind of the interconnectedness between the departments and the reliance that each department had on each other. Um, so I think even just moving to an ABM structure really helped, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think uh, that we kind of, for, for me, my opinion, I think, one and you kind of alluded to this and this is what um but having their own roadmap like each of those different kind of teams within that revenue ops function should probably have like their own roadmap that they're still managing should, a, should they though or should it still be the revenue ops roadmap i think that it can be like surface level or revenue ops roadmap but if you think about those teams like they have so they they operate so differently but isn't that the whole point they want to operate the but the way? thing is like letting but then having that communication to know and alignment to know what are all the other um projects and roadmaps that the other teams are working on that touch these systems and, and my th- these are all my opinions but I do think it a campaign process and stuff as someone who leads customer success operations, like they don't need to know the intricacies of all of that, but they need to know a marketing ops team like has that in place or what their roadmap roadmap is too. And, but I think a big part of revenue operations is just that alignment. We've talked about shared data documentation and like change management having that all aligned is like where I see the biggest impact. So I'll give an example of a client that I have. They, I kind of, you know, our team sits and helps out on the marketing ops side. They do have like a revenue ops function that's mainly sitting on the sales ops and deal desk side, but there's a shared, um, you know, documentation, shared projects in JIRA, but they're even tagged differently as marketing ops versus sales ops versus you know, customer success ops. And, but, and we meet every Thursday for that joint meeting where we go through all of the different priorities and talk about things as a group. Um, And that gives a a good chance too, for someone to provide maybe insight from another team, but we're still working on our own projects, like separately at the end of the day, but just having that shared alignment on the documentation change management and like just projects that are coming up in these shared systems it was enough to bring clarity and have that team actually executing faster. Um, and so for me, I had big benefit, but this is, this, this is all debated. Everything here, this is why it's a hot topic, but for me, it's, it's just alignment and a big part of alignment is just that the shared, um, like change management process data, everything, but marketing ops should still have a roadmap that's very much aligned to marketing's goals that they're executing against. If I would love to know, yeah, Alison, explain how that, how it worked in your previous life, because I hear what you're saying and I, I agree that's probably a better way of doing it. But if everyone's reporting to the same person, then surely marketing ops roadmap should be, they should all be in one roadmap because you should be working on shared projects right but Alison tell me what you think 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably fine to have separate roadmaps, but it feeds kind of the master RevOps roadmap. And you yeah. might have a case where, you know, a marketing ops, you know, core project trumps a sales ops core project. And that's like what you have to negotiate and discuss when you do your prioritization. I think too, one thing that's really important is if you are moving to a department, an official RevOps department, that you still don't lose that dotted line connection to the, the customer facing departments. I always kind of thought of RevOps as, you know, our customers are the, the internal departments and then the internal departments, they're, they're customer facing while we're internal facing. And um, one of the things that we, kept going once we became a department is I still went to every marketing department meeting. I still had regular meetings with the CMO um, that we didn't lose that connection. And essentially it was part of our job as a representative of marketing marketing to come to the table in RevOps and say, this is what the CMO is asking for. And this is what we need yeah. and being his voice in the room. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we were lucky enough to have a very, um, you know, uh, our, our CMO was, was, had a very strong voice on the leadership team. And so in a lot of ways, we did get to drive a lot of the priorities. Um, and I think especially because we were implementing ABM at the same time, um, really that's where we were able to shine and bring clarity to like, well, what are our target accounts? What are the different tiers? How mm -hmm. are we gonna operationalize this in our systems? Um, and I think another area where RevOps is, had, had been really great was in the tech stack. Um, you know, every single piece of technology that the go-to-market functions wanted to purchase came across one group, my group at, at Puppet. And um, we were able to um, get rid of some technology that was redundant because we were using one, one tech stack. Or let's say the customer success department wanted to buy a tool to manage the events that they were managing. Well, marketing already had a tool to manage events so they we didn't need to purchase another tool mm -hmm. and so i think that consolidation allowed us to be more efficient um with our resources mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah and, and i love that. And that that's a very important point um bringing everything together mm -hmm. and i, I want to be a bit of a i feel like i'm being a bit of a con contrarian so i'm gonna carry on like that a bit just to kind of I know I am. Be a bit devil's advocate because, because <laughs> again, I think I think the um, uh, and to to your point or, or about both your points around kind of making sure there's still that dotted line to marketing. Absolutely, a hundred percent agree with that. If you're going to move to a very official hierarchy within revenue ops, the marketing ops piece of that still needs to be very aligned to marketing. That's that's my concern, right? Could that be broken at some point? And I do have like a kind of a. a a thing that comes to mind very easily is I don't like when operations teams like are too focused on operations and that sounds really weird, but is there's a lot of strategy and like business 
mindset and like, like just understanding what's good marketing that I still think that a marketing ops team, it benefits from knowing. And sometimes when I feel like there isn't that strong alignment, like Allison's talking about, or sitting in those meetings or being close to CMO, that's where then it just becomes this team that's just executing things. And that's when I think that actually you'll just end up building stuff that doesn't scale or doesn't have the business like how the business even operates in mind or someone to actually own, Oh, what's great marketing strategy. Like what are, you're not measuring things. You're really just executing. And that's like what I don't want operations teams to just be like. And so that's why I still think that having that strong base and foundation in the strategy, the ideas, the creative behind it, um, still makes sense yeah i don't want that to get lost exactly well very very true and and maybe there could be a time if i'm if i'm going to continue on this narrative that i'm developing for myself (laughs) on this podcast uh, that where marketing ops forgets that right because now they're in revenue ops now that maybe the marketing ops person is being brought into sales ops type projects that i have time to help the marketing team and then to to what allison was just saying there where you said customer success wants a new event platform, but marketing ops has one. I can see, and they're like, well, you should use this. That sounds great, but imagine it the other way around. Customer success has an event platform. Marketing ops likes, we need this this other one for these other reasons. And then the RevOps team's like, go use the customer success one. But then marketing's like, no, but that doesn't solve what we actually need. But then while you guys are a revenue ops team, you got to just use the same thing, right? So there's good and bad to that. And I think it obviously all the devil is in the details. There's always down to like the personalities involved, kind of the really how they yeah. set it up. Like you mentioned, you had a strong voice, your CMO. That's obviously, that was obviously a big reason why it's successful. You were there, you, you had kind of marketing ops um, background worked a lot on the kind of the you know a lot of the sales upside you have really understood the full picture so you're able to provide that but in lots of cases where they might not have these benefits mm-hmm. you could see how there could be big problems with with consolidating because the teams really do have very different goals very different um t- skill sets that they need very different technologies that they use um but they all do overlap and so so i'm not you know, I'm not no. saying I don't like revenue ops. I think it's definitely the way to go on the alignment piece. I, you just need to make sure that when you're, we're not just going into it blind, thinking it's going to solve all the problems easily, right? Yeah. Still, it's going to create a whole load of new problems. Yeah. You might have a better set of problems to deal with, and you're going to probably solve some problems. But there, there are some other problems that arise from it that need to be really thought through. Totally. I And I actually just did an interview. Oh, go ahead, Allison. I was just going to say, I think you're going back to what Christy said about uh, operations folks being too operations like. I think that's one of the risks with RevOps too, is you get a lot of the same kinds of people with the same kinds of personalities. Um, at my last company, we did this thing called Insights, which is kind of like a personality test. And um, it's where you you're you get your different colors and blue is very operations analytic focused. And our team was very, very heavy blue. And I think that's where you can get into the risk of being, uh, having some group think or um, one of the problems that we faced a lot was being so operations focused, 
we have to go six levels deep on the details when maybe we shouldn't be focused on this one specific detail. Let's get higher level. Um, and so I think that's one of the risks, especially because you get the same kinds of folks in the room where back when, you know, I was in marketing around people who are a bit more creative and mm -hmm. um, less operations and in, into the deep data and the details. Um, it was a bit better, bit of a better mixture of folks on the team. Um, so I think just making sure that you have a varying levels of personalities on the team, I think is even important. Yeah, and like you mentioned, marketing operations being a, that kind of consultant for the marketing team. And Alison, you're kind of alluding to it there that, you know, once you are, if you are buddying up with people on the marketing team, you're gonna understand them better. You're gonna be able to meet their needs better, consult them better, build things for them better. But if there is a bit of a disconnect, then you could start getting down more focused on just being too technical and forget that um, you're a marketer, right? In marketing operations, I think, you don't want to forget that you're still a marketer and that, that you, and you really, and I think this is one of the dangers too, like maybe um, the marketing ops person, a lot of marketing ops people have come from a marketing background. You start in demand gen, you, you basically started using Marketo or Pardot or something. And then you're like, this is cool. I'm going to do this more. And now you're a marketing ops. I think there's a danger in losing that because I think nowadays people are starting off in marketing operations or people are maybe if you have a revenue ops function, someone could start off in revenue ops and support them move into kind of the marketing ops part of that. But having that insight and empathy for the marketing team and understanding what they go through, what they need, I think is important to be able to serve them better. Mm -hmm. And if you are just within that revenue ops world, you might lose some of that. And then the marketing ops team, or sorry, the marketing team in general loses a, a really good advisor for them to do be better at their jobs and perform better. Yeah. Um, but let me turn around because we have to probably end this in a bit. I know I've been um, a bit uh, devil's advocate here, but let's finish on a high note, shall we? <laughs> so let's talk about kind of the main, you know, if, if the, just the main benefits, right? We've kind of touched on it, but if we had to list out a few of the really positive reasons why people should be thinking about this, um, what, what are going to be the really big wins that, that you'd probably see um, quickly um, and you're going to be able to, you know, really kind of revel in the joy of <laughs> the revenue ops function? Um, I would say having one source of truth for the data, one mm -hmm. source of truth for the business process and the technology would be the main benefit um, and your leadership team will see that with, mm -hmm. you know, this is the canonical set of reports that we go to each week to run the business. We know what these data points mean. Each department's using the same definitions. Um, so there's that. And then I think even for the folks that work in RevOps, one of the benefits that I felt was just more access to other operational resources. So mm -hmm. like my skill levels in RBI tool greatly increased as soon as mm -hmm. I joined the RevOps team and surrounded by other people who use that same tool. Um, so I think just having that access and I don't know, just colleagues who are kind of in the same realm that you are um, and can, can relate to, you know, 
the that request from the C-level exec who's asking for a last minute report that you spent you have now have to drop everything and spend all night on. Like we all we all had to do that and uh, we all you know could relate to each other. So I think um, that's just one of the benefits is having that. That's a really good counter argument. Other colleagues. That's a really good counter argument to what I said, where I was like, where if you're not part of the marketing team, you might lose that marketing thing. But often, a lot of times, the marketing ops person in the marketing team does feel like a bit of the lone wolf in the team that is misunderstood, right? So maybe being in the revenue ops team, you now found your your family <laughs> that will understand you. Yeah, and I I think I agree with Allison. Yeah, that's true. I think I agree with Allison too, because um, I was I was thinking back on a time where I thought like I, there was complete alignment. And I had a my last job before CS2, I basically did sales operations, marketing operations and everything in between, but I was able to own all the data. I knew all the data on the marketing side, the sales side, I created our, our dashboard and I led our Friday meetings and brought in all the stakeholders and then, you know, sent out all those details to the exec team. So because I was part of both, I was able to do all that like seamlessly. And I, we did all had one set of numbers because I was creating the numbers for everyone. Mm -hmm. And yep. so it did make things a lot easier. And from an executive leadership, like view as well, um, that was a true benefit. Um, and it made it really simple. So to Allison's point, definitely agree on that too. Um, my whole thing, like if I, if I, if someone was like, make a decision now, I actually would say, most likely I would say be less focused on the department itself and be more focused on just getting your company on this revenue team mindset where there's just pure like alignment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the place to start for a lot of people because not like not even just on the operation side, but really even just from a strategic side, there needs to be now this focus on just all the whole revenue team working together. So how, what would that look like for typical startup mid-sized company one who doesn't have a revenue department but then a revenue ops department but has multiple teams what what could be some things that they could do today yeah so for for me that means um you know instead of doing a sales kickoff you have a rko like a revenue kickoff so both teams all the teams that support even customer success are all clear from executive leadership on like what the goals are and you're all like can you know know about each other, understand each other, all focus, and then having those teams then set an executive leadership kind of goal, like what their north star is, and then the teams like have their own roadmaps that will support all of that, and just knowing that they can go to each other to for things like what Allison was saying, like being able to um, not just have sales ops, you know, say no, we're not going to do that marketing ops thing in Salesforce because they can making sure that there's this, you know, idea that we're all working together toward a common goal and be having those channels and working closely with each other. Um, and then the strategy standpoint is marketing strategy is really just a whole customer journey strategy. And how do all those different teams play a role in that? Okay. Well, I feel like we could do a whole another one on this. <laughs> I think, I, I think that... <laughs> Well, from what from what we're saying, I think that it's clear there are some challenges with revenue operations, 
but the the pros probably outweigh the cons if done properly. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Especially if you just in, you're just working towards the mindset first, and then working together as the teams, working on that alignment, that single source of truth, etc., as a really good way to get that flowing, get that moving forward. And then if the whole actual team hierarchy is a whole nother story. Um, great. Well, yeah. thank you for providing all that insight, answering those questions. I think we should probably do a round two on this. But for everyone listening, if you have any other questions or anything you want us to dive into, let us know and we'll see you on the next episode of Forward Thinking. See ya. This is Charlie. So if you like what you heard, hit like on the platform where you watch this. Also, leave a review. Honestly, we would really, really appreciate it. You can also subscribe where you listen to your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even YouTube. And make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, which is packed full of exclusive content, updates for events or courses that we might be doing, all designed to elevate your marketing operations and B2B strategy. See you next time on Forward and Forward is Off.